when I share a comment from the early service, very important, and I'd just like for you to know, and that is, once again, my heart very touched in Hannah's sharing, beautifully put, and how wonderful when one of our own comes home and leads us in worship. Amen? That is wonderful. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Our text today, the primary text that we will be digging into is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David and Goliath, very familiar passage of scripture. But I want to set the stage by reading a couple of those verses from Ephesians chapter 6, our spiritual warfare passage of scripture. It's very important, and I just thank God, you know, that I get another chance to communicate this message this morning. But the Apostle Paul reminds the church at Ephesus that what they are facing and the struggles and the challenges and the heartache uh, is for, not from particular individuals, but they are being influenced by a spiritual power says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. The title of the message, How to Stand, How to Stand Against Evil. My prayer is that whatever or wherever your heart and your spirit is, these following moments can apply to a personal situation or challenge it most definitely applies to what we are facing as a nation. And it also applies because it is not unique to America, the trauma, the heartache, the trouble, the confusion. It's also worldwide and it is international. And I believe that in 1 Samuel 17, the, con the battle and the struggle between shepherd boy David and the giant Goliath is a good model for us. It's a good model for us in how to stand against that which threatens us. Let's pray again. Almighty God, how I pray for that clarity. I pray for that anointing. I, I pray for that ability to communicate and that out of this there would come, there would come a game plan, a strategy, marching orders as it were, as to how that we, your people, the people of God, can stand up, stand against, and respond, and respond to those spiritually wicked powers of darkness that threaten us. Forgive us of our sins. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I will move through sections of 1 Samuel chapter 17, drawing out these principles, these strategies, these things that we need to know as we live in the society we live in. And I would think uh, 
that all of us are troubled, troubled with the way things are going. We are troubled with this situation. And so we go to David and Goliath and how in the world, how in the world can we, the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ, take a stand, be known, be salt and light in the world that we're in and make a difference for the good. The first thing that touches my heart here in this passage is that we must be proactive. Proactive, and that means that we make something happen. We do not just wait for something to happen. And that is, David is that little shepherd boy He's got these older brothers who are in the army of Israel. They are there. They are fighting Goliath. And when David gets there bringing provision from his father for the brothers, for the army, grain and some food and things like that, he finds the army of Israel hunkered down in the trenches and this huge giant standing out there on a hillside threatening the army and challenging them to send forth one of their best to do battle with him. And this would occur in these times. And that is, whichever one of that, instead of losing a lot of lives, a lot of lives, that whoever won, then the other side would become their servants. And that is, if whoever went out from Israel uh, defeated Goliath, then the Philistines would have to serve Israel, and if Goliath won, Israel would have to serve the Philistines. David is seeing this situation, and in verse 26, in verse 26, he raises the question, and I simply put it in a very simple phrase, What's, what are we going to do about this guy? What are we going to do about it? Somebody needs to do something. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Who is this guy that he should defy the armies of the living God? For us to be proactive, to make something happen in the society and the world that we live in, we've got to be first like David. We've got to be perceptive. David looks at this situation and he reaches the conclusion, you know, this is not good. This is not acceptable. This is not the way things ought to be. This Philistine should not be able to defy the armies of Israel and to defame the name of our God. This is not good. I would pray, and I believe so, that you are perceptive to what is happening in our nation today. And I'm restricting this to America. That you are perceptive to what is happening in America today. And that is, I know, and I've shared with you before, I'm just about tired of watching the news but if I'm home, I will turn it on at the top of the hour just to see what's happening. And it's not nice. It's not good, amen? It's just not good what is happening. And we don't need to obsess and stay right in front of it. We don't need to let it, you know, make us heartsick or discouraged. But we need to be aware of what is going on. We need to be aware. Do we know, do you know what's happening who's behind it, why it's happening, and where it's headed. What is the goal there? What is the goal? I think about the story that Billy Graham would tell of the guy in the ring, the boxing ring, and he's taking a pretty good beating. 
And every time the bell rings and he comes to the corner, his manager begins, of course, to wipe the sweat, massage his shoulders and tell him, hang in there, he hadn't laid a glove on you. And the poor guy goes out and he takes it again and he comes back. Get back out there, he hasn't laid a glove on you. After quite a few rounds of this, the boxer says to the manager, says, well, watch that referee because somebody's beating the daylights out of me. Well, I'm going to tell you, friend, somebody's beating the daylights out of us. Amen? Somebody is beating the daylights out of us. And my goal here is for us to realize that it is that flesh and blood is important, but there is an influence and a deception that is behind that. And that is the power of evil. And so we got to be perceptive, and then we need to be like the shepherd boy David, we've got to be passionate about what we are facing here. And that is, David's older brother Eliab, Eliab gets on him, tells him that he's a young upstart. This is in verses 28 and 29, and that you need to just go on back home. And David says, and to me this rang in a certain way in verse 29, and I've got an idea that uh, David, the youngest of the bunch, Takes a, pretty good, takes a pretty good beating and a pretty good uh, tough time from his older brothers because when Eliab gets on to him and tells him you're proud and insolent and arrogant and you need to go back home, David in verse 29 says, what have I done now? So obviously this is not the first time older brothers jumped on him, you know. And then David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Don't we have something that we need to stand up to this? So David first recognizes this is not good. And then David recognizes we need to do something about this. And I want to challenge us that if we're hiding, if we're hiding in denial in our homes, that it is time that we come out of our homes and be involved in what's happening and how to respond to it and I would say with shepherd boy David, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Can't we begin to make a difference for the love of God? For the love of Almighty God who is being blasphemed and defamed? Can we not do it for the love of America, our nation, our nation? Our nation cannot survive in the current atmosphere that is there for the love of America and what about the love of our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren? This nation will not be one of one nation under God in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if this goes on for an extended period of time. Amen? It will not be there. And so David, he knows what's going on. He's passionate about it. But we've got to be principled. We've got to be principled. I laid the groundwork for this Wednesday night, I hope, and that is that when the Apostle Paul says, look, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And so, you know, I've been guilty in the past, and I pray that I won't be guilty in the future. And I get tired of preachers hammering on the problem, but don't ever have a solution. Amen? So I'm going to tell you, we don't have a Democrat problem. We don't have a Republican problem. We don't have a progressive problem. Friend, we got a devil problem, amen? We got a devil problem. So we don't need to be up here slandering, blaspheming, criticizing, 
because as God spoke to my heart, as God spoke to my heart Wednesday night right in the middle of the talking, and that is as Jesus hung on the cross and they were cursing him, blaspheming him, gambling over his clothes, what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And I believe that those who are seeking to lead us in this direction of destruction, they have been deceived. And so we don't need to attack them. We need to do as David did when he faced Goliath. He says, I'm going to win this battle and the whole world will know that there is a God. That's our task, to make the world know that there's a God of righteousness and of hope and of salvation. And then it's practical. David was perceptive. This is not good. David was passionate. Man, we need to do something about this. David was principled. He went in the name of the Lord. He did this on behalf of Almighty God. And then it was very practical in verse 32. There was really no other option here. And David said to Saul, somebody got to fight him. And I'm going to do it. I will fight. How do we stand against evil? We're proactive. How are we proactive? We need to know what we're dealing with. We need to, we need to be committed to God and to nation and to our families. And we need to know that it is all a spiritual war and that we have got to declare today, I will fight. I will fight for what is good. You say, well, how do we do that? Because I'm a how-to preacher. We take a page from their playbook. And when I say they, those who are leading us, because there is flesh and blood involved, but we know what is behind that flesh and blood, so we take a page from their playbook. And you say, what is that? We need to be making a better way known to the world. They are appealing to selfishness, pride, ambition. The government's going to do this for you. The government's going to give this to you. You have been betrayed. You have been cheated. You have been left out. And after a while, people begin to believe, well, yeah, I have been. And we're going to make that better for you. Well, okay, I'm going to vote for you. We need to be letting them know that Jesus Christ is a better way and that Jesus Christ has what they are looking for in their life. We need to appeal to the hearts, appeal to the hearts of people, not to the selfish desires and wants. Do you hear me? but to the deep inner spiritual need. And then you're gonna think, what in the world is next here? I'm gonna tell you, friend, we don't have any room to talk until we get out there and we do community organizing and we emphasize voter registration and we help get the vote out, are you following me? And that we begin to pray and raise up godly candidates to lead this nation. How do we stand against the evil that we are facing? We're proactive. The second thing that David did was resist discouragement. Resist discouragement. In verse 28, his brother Eliab is trying to get him to go back home. In verse 33, Saul is telling him, you're just a youth. You can't go out there. He is a man of war. This guy is a man of war. 
Goliath ridicules him, threatens him in verses 42 through 44, in a very graphic way tells David what he is going to do to him if he comes any further. But David kept marching on, amen? David kept marching on to face Goliath. C.S. Lewis in his book, Screwtape Letters, which is a fable, so you need to take it at that. Maybe we could call it a parable, and the spiritual truth is amazing there. And that is he gives an idea that demons are assigned to individuals and their number one assignment is to keep them from becoming a Christian. To keep them from becoming a Christian. And so one of these demons, the name is Wormwood, and he has to report to his supervisor one day, I lost my assignment, he became a Christian. Amen, glory to God, amen. Well, the supervisor says, that's okay, now your assignment has changed. Your assignment now is you spend the rest of your time trying to discourage him, okay? There is nothing more sad in this world than an individual saved by the blood of Jesus Christ discouraged in the face of the trials and tribulations of this world. Amen? Because he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And I'm telling you, I know this firsthand. I have stood for morality. I have walked the halls of our state capitol. I have been featured on CBS 48 hours. I have stood to fight and I'm telling you, the, the, the assembly is coming into session, and I mean the moral legislations are overwhelming. And we need, we need to be standing and taking a stand against those things that will destroy families and ruin the quality of their life. And I have had legislatures criticize me, curse me, but I'm telling you, friend, I am not by the grace of God going to back down. And David just kept moving toward Goliath. We've got to risk, resist discouragement. The third thing that David spurred on was to remember past victories. When Saul tells David, you're just a youth and he's a man of war. You don't need to be doing this. You can't be doing this. David then in verses 34 through 37 reminds him, says, Well, I used to keep my father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And I'm telling you, I'm sure Goliath was something, but I wonder if Goliath had ever grabbed a lion by its beard. <laughs> That's what David said he did. So, man, I grabbed it by its beard, took the lamb out of its mouth and killed the lion. I grabbed the bear by its beard, saved the lamb, killed the bear. And the same Lord that delivered me from the lion and the bear will now deliver me from Goliath. David knew the Lord was with him. David knew from past experiences this can be done. This can be done. If you're facing a personal struggle with evil, 
And you might say, well, Brother Bill, I don't have any past victories that I know that I could stand on and be encouraged about. Well, have you looked at the cross of Jesus Christ lately? That's our victory, friends. Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. And by the power of Jesus Christ, we have a past victory. And we can go out in the name of Jesus Christ. I wonder, and I know I need to research it, there's got to be a theological reason. And that is, we display the cross in our churches. But I've wondered often, why don't we have a model of an empty tomb over here? Amen? A model of an empty tomb. And go over and bow down and look in there and say, God is victorious. He is all-powerful. We have past victories. And then if the cross in the empty tomb is not enough to encourage you and inspire you, I want to tell you, friend, one of the greatest miracles is when we got saved by the blood of Jesus. Salvation is a miracle. And tongue-in-cheek, I know, know y'all, and for some of you, it was a bigger miracle than others. Amen? Salvation is a miracle, and we can say, by the same God that died on the cross, by the same God that came out of that tomb, by the same God that saved me, we can face this. We can do this. And as that old hymn says, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what God has done. But not only as a late addition to this, the Lord reminded me that we don't only remember past victories. Friends, let me tell you, we need to be reminded that the future is also victorious and Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to settle all accounts. Amen? Jesus Christ is coming back. How do we face the evil that's in the world? I'm assuming that you know the challenge. I'm assuming that. And if you don't, you need to get up to speed. And so we got to be proactive. We've got to do something. Oh my goodness, we've got to resist discouragement. We've got to remember the great victories of the kingdom of God. And number four here that David shows us is that we choose proven weapons. When Saul is aware that David's doing this, he then says in the closing words of verse 39, well, go and the Lord be with you. And then in verse 38 through 40, Saul brings out all of his armor. David is just a young lad. Saul, a big hulking man and it says here that he put his bronze helmet on David's head he clothed him in that heavy coat and vest of metal chain links called mail he fastened his sword to the armor and David couldn't even walk he couldn't even walk with that and so he said to Saul he said I can't walk with these and he also says, I have not tested them. Never face evil unless you know you're going with weapons that have been tested. And so David takes off all of that. And then it tells us that he goes down to a brook and he chooses five smooth stones and puts them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had in the sling that was in his hand 
and he drew near to the Philistine. He met him because David knew this was not good. Man, somebody got to do something. He overcame discouragement. He knew that God had been with him in the past and that God would be with him in the future. And he took what he knew would work and went. Oh my goodness, friend, Jesus in the wilderness after his baptism, it says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. And Jesus, glory to God, went in there armed to the teeth. With what? Prayer. With what? Fasting. With what? The Word of God. And Jesus knew He cannot withstand these things. And so when the devil met Him, the devil tried his old strategies just like he did with Adam and Eve, just like he's done down through the ages, like he'll do with us if we give him a chance. He lied to Jesus. He tried to deceive Jesus. If you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. He told him, if you want to really show people you're the Son of God, climb to the highest point of the temple and jump off, and angels will catch you before you hit the ground. And you won't have to go through all this other stuff. And then Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world and just like he offered, he offered Adam and Eve everything and then some and he said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. I'm going to be nicer than I was an hour ago. Poor devil, he ain't going to ever learn. It all belongs to Jesus anyway. Amen? It all belongs to Jesus. And so Satan tried he tried the strategy that he's tried, and he's tried it on us. But I'm going to tell you, when Jesus went in that wilderness, he knew, devil, you're going down. You are going down. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that our weapons of our warfare is truth and righteousness, which is a right relationship with God and right living. It's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's faith. It's faith in God. It is our salvation. It is the Word of God. And it's prayer. So you see, and I know you're with me, because this is awful hard to preach. It's a struggle to preach. And that is, please let us remember that what's happening in the world is the influence of the dark side of the spiritual world. And as this beautiful anthem a while ago, we need to stand for the light side of the spiritual world. Amen. And this battle will be waged up there. You follow me? It will be waged up there. And things will begin to change down here. That's pretty good, isn't it? Amen. Yes, these are spiritual forces, powers of wickedness, and we meet them, we meet them up there and things become better down here. And the last thing, David went 
to Goliath in the name of the Lord. Verses 45 and following. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And then later in that passage it says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This world needs to know there's a God. There's a God. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle, the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Eating breakfast this morning. Caught up on the weather real quick. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the weather channel and lived six years in Louisville, Kentucky and lived nine in Richmond, Virginia and I don't live there now and God is good, amen? <laughs> Friend, I've seen, I've seen snow. I've seen blizzards. I've seen nor'easters. I have seen them. And so while I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, let me flip over to TBN and see who's preaching and maybe I'll get something I use this morning. Well, old Tony Evans was just kicking off his sermon. And he was kicking off about praying in the name of Jesus. Wish I could have heard it all because he gave this wonderful little application of it. And that is when we pray in the name of Jesus, we are praying for God to authorize our request. It's sent to God. And as he said... If God does not authorize it, then let it go. We are praying, God, will you please authorize this? Let me tell you, David went in the name of the Lord. God authorized it and Goliath fell. Amen. I'm telling you, the giant that we face, the, the, the trauma, the tragedy, the violence that we face... Let us go in the name of the Lord, and I believe that God authorizes it and that it is by the authority of God and not ours that we go. And David won a great victory. God won a great victory. Israel won a great victory. There's a victory to be won. There's a victory to be won. But I'm telling you, We've got a part to play. We have got a part to play. Like earlier, I don't know how to quit, but to just quit. Amen? And that is, having done all, stand and withstand evil. We sing a hymn of invitation. I invite you, however God...